Hey guys, welcome to episode five of Life Story with Noah Chrysler. Today I talked to Julia Kupperman. Um, I met Julia when I was in elementary school and she was a good friend of mine. We weren't super close, um, but that's why I wanted to have her on the show. She has a really, really cool life story. Um, she talks about how sh she made this transition from this like very shy person, ultimately deciding to move to England and become a animal behavioral scientist. And it's this really, really cool story about a person kind of coming into their own, finding their identity, and then going out into the world. She's the best. Um, Julie's the best. This episode of the Life Story Podcast is sponsored by Modern Estate Planning. Here's a hard truth. Every one of you will die someday. When that happens, sometimes people leave behind a ton of problems for their friends and family to solve. After funeral costs, some people die poorer than the day they were born. And worse yet, if you don't have a will or you have a bad will, your family members can end up battling in court over the things you leave behind. They'll have to pay a ton of lawyer fees, and usually when the process is all over, they'll all end up hating each other and never speaking to each other ever again. Why make your family members go through that when instead you can take steps right now to plan the legacy you leave behind? If you're in the Atlanta area, the best option you have is modern estate planning. Modern Estate Planning offers professional modern estate plans for the modern family. We've helped hundreds of families in the Atlanta area protect their legacies and avoid court. If you live in the Atlanta area and you don't yet have an estate plan or you have an estate planning question, give us a call at 404-620-3793. That's 404-620-3793. Guys, thanks so much for watching. This is episode five. We do have a podcast studio and I will be shooting some episodes in the studio. Um, we're working through some issues with that right now and um, it has been a process. But anyway, enjoy this episode with Julia. She's awesome. Uh, and here it is. Hey guys, what's up? Um, I am sitting down today with Julia Kupperman. Julia, say hello. Hello. Um, Julia responded to, I, I recently posted a uh, photo on Facebook and it said, hey, um, I would love to hear anybody's life story uh, that is connected to me in any way. Um, you know, at first when I approached this, I was like, oh, I'll find strategic people that are, that have influenced my life in weird, cool, strategic ways. And it's like, and now I realize it's like, you know, that's, I think that um, from all of the people that I've talked to, I think that they've had like these really great experiences and I don't really care how they're connected to me. I just think that like their stories are cool. And I think it, there's something even cooler about just like sitting down to some, with someone that, Julia, how would you describe our relationship? Are we best friends? <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> we went to, we... Oh God, when did we meet? I want to say middle school. Yeah, probably. And probably we were like on the same school bus after I moved and we were in the same like friend groups in middle school. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know, high school, it just kind of all diverged. Yeah. So it was like, we were friends and friendly, but like, I think once high school hit, we were in totally different groups. Exactly. We to each other who we were. Exactly. So I think this is going to be really cool. You know, I think I'm going to hear a story about, you know, this person that I knew and do know, but not know <laughs> very well, you know, so that's what yeah. this episode is going to be about. Um, Julia, tell the people a little bit about your situation now so that we know uh, what you're like now before we revisit your past. Okay. Um, God, I guess the main thing is I lived in New York pretty much my whole life and then upon graduating college I just kind of up and left and moved to northern England uh no friends no family there I was just kind of like I'm gonna do it I want to do it so I got my master's up here in England and 
that's where I am now. Like, I absolutely love it here. This is where I want to be the rest of my life. But yeah, I just kind of, out of nowhere, was just like, okay, see ya guys. Fucking off wow. to England, so. Okay, cool. So hold on a minute. So you moved to England, like just straight up moved. I thought you were like studying abroad and you were going to be there momentarily and then come back to the United States. It was kind of, that's how it started. So my senior year, I did study abroad here for two months and that was kind of what started me like, I mean, even when I was little, I was kind of like, I'm going to live in England. And everyone was like, okay, yeah, yeah, Julia. Like, <laughs> and then you were like, no, I lost the ticket, motherfuckers. Yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, like in middle school, like I had that Doctor Who phase where I was just like, oh my God, British men. And like, <laughs> well, I did it though. And yeah, so I kind of, I did the brief study abroad and I just like fell in love immediately. And so I was just kind of like, I'm coming back. I, you can't get rid of me. And so I came back to the US. I immediately applied for the master's program. So I had to be back in the U.S. from like, I was back from January and then I came back that September and that was two years ago now. And cool. <laughs> I'm still here. That's awesome. Um, and cool. And so what did you get your master's in? Because you told me that before, uh, before the pandemic, you were working in a lab studying lab rats and stuff. And the pandemic kind of got in the way of that. But um, so what is, your, what is your degree in? Uh, my master's degree is in animal behavior. Cool. That sounds really cool and awesome. <laughs> You're probably going to write a study someday that's like, oh, you know, the, the rat study is like, oh, this rat this rat will get the cocaine water even though it's killing him or whatever. That, <laughs> do you have cocaine water in your lab? <laughs> Honestly, I think we did, but uh, oh. <laughs> I, just, I just worked with the sugar water. Oh, I gotcha. was given access to the cocaine, but there probably gotcha. is. <laughs> well, cool. Um, well, sweet. That's awesome. Okay, so you study animal behavior science in England right now. You've moved there. That's awesome. Cool. I think we have a image of, of what you do now. Um, well, you know, now it's the pandemic, so everybody's inside, but that's what you work. <laughs> um, cool. Great. So awesome. So guys, again, I've kind of changed up the format of the show a little bit. Um, and I've introduced kind of a form for people to fill out before we actually start, uh, like, you know, just without really having a much of an agenda. Um, I thought it would be nice to have a form that kind of can guide us through your life, Julia. So I asked you to fill out this form and the first chapter, so there's five different parts of your life. And the first chapter is called elementary school tomboy phase. And I'm really, really excited. about it. <laughs> so here we go. Um, you've listed a bunch of key experiences from this phase of your life and you've put stars next to the ones that you think are the most impactful on you. Um, cool. The first one that sticks out is, uh, yeah, why don't, why don't you just tell us about that time of your life and then I will uh, chime in with some of these things as we go. Uh, so essentially in middle school, I had this whole idea that if you were a tomboy, you were hot shit. Like, the only way you were cool is if you were into all these things. So like I would be out there in recess doing all the kickball with the boys and running around. And like, if I had dirt on my knees, that was like my badge of honor. I was like, I did a good thing. Like I had a great day. And that was just like, I don't know, my mindset. And I was always so proud of like wearing my brother's hand-me-down clothes because I have an older brother. So I'd be like strutting to school in his over like size t-shirts. And I was like, I'm so cool. I'm dressed in my brother's clothes and just weird shit like that. Like, I don't know where it came from because like, I think I hit middle school and I was not a tomboy in any way, shape or form. And I am not anymore. But for those four years of elementary school, it was 
you were a tomboy identity yeah I, cool i've done it <laughs> okay before before that so where were um you currently lit or i mean at the you were when i met you you lived in manlius new york um mm-hmm. is that where you uh were born yep so i was born in manlius i just lived in a different neighborhood than when you met me gotcha gotcha cool um and what were your parents like what do they do so my dad actually owns a store in Syracuse, New York. Uh, he sells kitchen supplies and that's been in my family. I am the sixth generation. So we've had that since the 1800s. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's been there for a while. And then my mom is a lawyer. Cool, what kind of law does she practice? She does like personal injury and a lot of estate and will type stuff. She's not the like stand up in court and find out who the murderer is but like you know, <laughs> wills and stuff yeah cool that's that's funny that's actually i mean the show is sponsored by uh, my my company which is an estate planning law practice and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. that's awesome um cool the, your your dad owned a a i'm sorry your your parents own a uh kitchen supply store yeah, so it was called Smith's Restaurant Supply Store. I keep saying was. It's still there. Like, my yeah. dad still owns it kind of thing. So it was essentially, they would supply a lot of restaurants and companies, but also just anyone could walk in and buy, like, any kitchen equipment you needed, pots, pans, whatever. Like, if it was in a kitchen, you could buy it there. Oh, that's cool. And that's been yeah. around since the 1800s. That's awesome. Now, do you have, like, memories of going to that store often as a kid, or did you not frequent there? Yes, that was, like... If I was ever sick from school, my dad's office, I don't know why, he had like a pull-out sofa thing in his office, and that was just like, oh, you're sick, you're going to sit on this couch all day, do not move, You like, that's it. So I would just lie <laughs> there, and I also remember, he had this like, because it started as a coffee cart in the 1800s, like, it wasn't a store, it was just this little trolley, I guess, and then, so there's a coffee section building up from that, and there was a wall of candy. And anytime I went to that store, I was just like, I need candy. Like, what am I going to get? And I remember once I came to visit him. And I guess I went straight to the candy before saying hi to him. <laughs> Can't do that. He, oh, my God. He was so mad at me. He's just yelling at me, saying, like, how dare you? All these things. I think I was, like, six. So I'm crying. I was just like, I just wanted the candy and all these things. <laughs> But yeah, that store also scared the shit out of me. It was so scary. It was like, scary. It was like, so the first two floors were used for the store, but it was actually a six-story building. And so the rest was kind of like storage and all these things. And it's a building from the 1800s. So it's just this old brick. It used to be marked as a nuclear fallout shelter. And it's just, it's really creepy. Like I couldn't That's describe awesome. I don't want my dad to listen to this and think I'm hating on it. Love the store, grew up there. <laughs> when you got to like the top floors and there's just no lights and it's this old like brick and you're just like, if if you told me that there were ghosts and this place was haunted, I would 100% believe you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's, I mean, that's super cool. I didn't even know there were buildings in Manlius that were that old. I always think of Manlius as this like uppity like new place that was built in like. Although a- to be fair, the store is in Syracuse. I will. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's more in the city section. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes Manlius. sense. I, you know, I think, I think my dad definitely has been there and stuff. Okay, <laughs> Julia, don't take this the wrong way, but the one memory, and we'll get to this later, but the one uh, memory. I know what I it is. <laughs> I was at your bat mitzvah um, and 
and your dad, <laughs> I was like running next to the pool or something, and your dad just like laid into me and there was a vein coming out of his head and he just screamed <laughs> at me for a good two and a half minutes. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad is a yeller. Like if you are in trouble, it's just straight yelling and you're just like, oh my God, my whole life is just flashed before me. I am fucked up. And it could be like, you didn't put a plate in the sink. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm the worst child. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and murder me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. No, I bet he's a great guy. I just don't know him very well. There's, you know, hey, people have alternative parenting styles. My parents kind of, you know, parented with more, like, passive aggression. Sometimes I wish they would just be like, no, I'm like, you suck. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, um, God. Anyway, sorry. Okay, great. Um Cool. So then one of the notes I have here, uh, apparently you have a story about getting your knees stuck on the railings in the Enders Road playground. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I don't know how quite to explain. Were you there for Enders Road? Did you go to? Um, yes. I, I moved to uh, Manlius in, or I mean, I, I switched school districts in second grade. So I was there for <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but uh, the playground itself, it was like a two-story thing and on the second story there were these metal bars so that obviously the kid wouldn't like go over and they were narrow enough that you could get your kneecap in there but it's not coming back out and I was doing so but I think I was like talking to a friend down below so I was like leaning over and my knee went through it and it just immediately I couldn't back it out and just that the panic and you're just like oh my God. so you keep pulling it and it keeps swelling up because it's between the metal bars and so I remember recess ended and all the students left and I'm still stuck in the bars <laughs> one of the like there were recess monitors or something like she wasn't a full teacher I didn't know who she was and she came over and she's like why aren't you going back in the building and I'm just sobbing <laughs> like I can't move my knee and so she starts trying to pull on me and she has to call another monitor to try and help and they're literally just trying to pull my knee <laughs> out <laughs> I'm just screaming this whole time and eventually they somehow like they pick me up and I think for some reason it might have been slightly wider at the top ah, gotcha. okay. like lifted me out and that was pretty much it they just set me down and they're like okay go away go to class <laughs> like I just remember being stuck there remembering the horror of seeing all the students go in and I'm just like I'm stuck I'm gonna be here forever. This is it. <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever. Heard. That's I love that. Just like it's like okay, like if maybe if I just don't move, they won't see me, so I won't get in trouble. And like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I was more scared of being in trouble because I wasn't listening to them telling me to go in, and I was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. That's great. I love that. Okay, cool. Um, okay. I, again, this I feel like the format of the shows might be a little bit. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to get used to using these notes because there's so many gold mine stories in these notes, and I think we should just like get to as many of them as possible. Um, <laughs> the next thing here is that you were holding hands with. And do you mind if I say his name? I will. You can say it, but I do want to say that I there. I am like. 80% certain that this is who it was but like if he randomly messages me after 20 years of contact and is like um that wasn't me then like don't hold me accountable but go I don't ahead. know if you'll see this but um cool so you were holding hands with Adam Markham for like two seconds in the first grade and you thought you were hot shit for it can you tell us about that please yeah so kind of back to the like tomboy thing I think I was a tomboy because it got me male attention, which is horrible to say when I was like eight years old, but like, I was like, oh my God, the guys love me. 
I think we were doing something where like when you walk down the hallways you have to walk like two by two and I think again if I'm remembering correctly this could have all been some weird like made-up thing that I was like I like him therefore I'm making this up but like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he like asked me out and we were dating and it was literally like he held my hand during that like brief walk and then I think like by the next recess or something it was like oh you know, whatever that was <laughs> oh, that's, great. that's really funny I think that that's a very interesting <laughs> observation like um I don't know that like you'd be a tomboy to get male attention I think that's and it honestly probably works at that age right like when you're kind of did <laughs> yeah when you're like I don't know what how what six six I think is first grade so it's like yeah six is first grade so like six to ten? six to ten nine maybe yeah are you 10 in fourth grade? It's, it's plus six, right? So in fourth grade, you're 10 years old. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I would like the girls that are like, oh, I'm crazy. Like, let's go skin our knees, <laughs> like fall down <laughs> and throw mud and rocks at each other. Pretty much. Those are the cool people then. Cool. Um, that's awesome. So cool. After, after that hand-holding session ever again, did you talk to Adam Markham or did you guys grow apart after that? I don't remember, honestly. I feel like he might have been at some, like, scatterings of birthday parties, because I think that was, like, a big thing. You just, like, invited your whole class kind of thing, so he might have been there, but, like, again, he was one of those people where it was, like, you see him in the hallway, hey, I know your name, but that's (laughs) kind of the extent of our friendship beyond that point. Gotcha. Um, Cool. This next one here says that you threw up. Also, (laughs) we were in the same third grade class. Didn't know that. Until just what? now, I had Mrs. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you remembered this, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, Julia, what the hell? We were best <laughs> friends in third grade. Come on. <laughs> um, no, we, apparently, we had the same third grade teacher, and I don't remember this, so uh, maybe that's good news, but um, cool. Can you tell us about your, uh, your memory that sticks out for you in third grade? Yeah, so essentially, Mrs. Wanovich was our teacher, who is actually... My, one of my best friend's mom uh so we were kind of like not close but like we knew each other and so I remember walking up to her one day saying like I don't feel good I feel kind of sick and she didn't really believe me which like knowing me is probably reasonable like I feel like I was probably exaggerating at some point in the past to have earned that distrust so she kind of tells me, she's like, okay, just go like lie on the floor. You'll feel better kind of thing. And I think we're all doing some like activity where you had to get it checked by her. And so I'm lying on the floor. And I think like the second I laid down, I was like, nope, I'm going to be sick. This is for real. And so she had a line of students like handing in their assignment and just talking with her. So I get in the back of the line to wait to tell her. And I'm sobbing because like being sick as a kid, you're just like, oh God, I don't want this. So I'm literally standing in line sobbing and she's like getting through the students. And she finally kind of notices that I'm just crying. She's like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm going to be sick. And she's like, just go to a trash can. And so I like ran to the trash can and managed to be like sick in the trash can. So I don't know how I like, I waited in the line for permission to be sick. (laughs) So I got sent home sick. I guarantee you, I went to Smith's, my dad's store that day, and got and sat on that couch. Ouch! Yeah, so she will bring it up anytime. I'm pretty much at her house. She'd be like, "Remember that time you threw up in class?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my yes, god!" I do. <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Lonovich. <laughs> the worst. Like, oh man, that's so funny. I love that. Oh, but, so, would you say that, like, 
that I don't know. Cause like when I, I think, I feel like when I was a kid, I was, if I felt like that, I would have just been like, Hey, like I'm going to vomit everywhere. <laughs> Cause like I had like no reservations. Right. But it seems like you were like almost scared of like the teacher. Would you kind of say that that's true a little bit? Yes. I even, I'm going to like out myself to this day. I am absolutely terrified of authority. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. Why do you think like, that is? I'm oh, sorry. This is this is the very no, therapy. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. This is free therapy. Just like no, that's not what we're doing. I don't know. No, what I'm honestly probably parentally yelling. Honestly. Oh man, I'm sorry. Let's, no, let's no, no, no. Get away. <laughs> no, if I didn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't have answered it. And that, not like that was a bad thing, but it was just kind of like I saw a parent as like they're gonna get mad so I was like oh my god she's gonna get mad at me like even to this day I'm scared to call to order pizza like really yeah yeah (laughs) I mean I think everybody gets that though in a certain to a certain extent you know Uh, like yeah I think it was also kind of like I didn't want to be rude I didn't want to cut the line like I follow the rules and I've always all through like college I followed the rules which is kind of boring and I'm kind of mad at myself for doing that but like there was a rule following it to a T. So if that meant waiting in line for permission to throw up, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's honestly, that's super cool because I feel like throughout most of my life, I've always been like, Oh, what are the rules? Okay, great. Like, I'm gonna do my own thing, <laughs> like you know. But thanks for letting me know the things that you're yelling for as I do them in the future. Like, yeah. Okay, cool, man. I bet that that's gonna be super interesting as we get into future stories here. Okay, great. We're gonna jump to the next one that you have with stars on it. Um, Alex Hartwell gave you a stuffed animal and a poem in second grade. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> He's the love of my life. We are still friends to this day, but essentially, because I was the tomboy, again, Alex Hartwell had a crush on me before everything, because in second grade, whatever. But uh, so he called my house beforehand to ask me if he could drop off something for Valentine's Day. So I like answered the phone, and obviously, it was kind of back then where it was like you had the house phone in the living room, so everyone knows what's happening. And obviously I was eight, so my dad's like, who the fuck is calling you? <laughs> so <laughs> I think essentially what happened, my dad is like, who's calling you? Who's calling you? And I start getting nervous because I'm like, oh my God, it's a boy on the phone kind of thing. And so I think he takes the phone, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and asks to talk to Alex's parents to figure out what's happening because he doesn't know. And so essentially he like, I think they spoke and they agreed that like Alex could drop something off. I think it was like the next day. But then my dad like sat me down on the couch and just started asking me all these questions. Like, Who's this boy? How do you know him? All these things. And like, I'm eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like I was at risk of dating this guy. But yeah, I was eight years old and he made me cry because I was just like, I don't know. And oh then he... <laughs> yeah, I am an easy crier. Like, you could look at me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he did end up coming the next day and he dropped off this little unicorn it was pink and it had hearts on it oh and then i think there were chocolates involved but he also i don't remember this but apparently he wrote me a poem and my mom still has it somewhere 
and I need to find that poem. Oh my God. If you, you know if you had that poem right now, this video would get a million oh. views. It would get a million views, Julia. I will, I'm going to like call my mom and be like, I need, honestly, mom, what she, has, Read it she has these, yeah, she has these safes where she keeps like paperwork and like birth certificates and stuff. I can almost guarantee you it's probably in a safe. Like it's That's my favorite. Locked away, safe in some like fireproof safe that nothing will happen to it. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Okay, cool. Let me summarize this chapter here and let's see how we're doing on time. Guys, the other thing we're trying to do is to do this in 90 minutes. I don't think we're going to do it because we're 22 minutes in, except we did do an intro. It was five minutes. I'm losing time right now. Okay, so in the earliest part of your life, elementary school, you were a tomboy. You grew up in Manlius. Your dad ran a restaurant supply store. You'd go there on days you were sick. Um, you pretended to kind of be a tomboy or not pretended, but really embraced it so that you could kind of yeah. get some boys on you. And then some boys, you know, showed some interest. It worked su successfully. And you kind of had a fear of authority and you vomited in third grade <laughs> after asking permission. <laughs> I love that summary. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Sounds about right. right. Here we go. Chapter two is called Middle School. <sighs> not a clue who I was. Um, and the first thing is about how being a tomboy was no longer cool. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, so that was a sucker punch and a half. Like elementary school, tomboy, the guys liked it. And all of a sudden something happened over summer and I was not included in on this memo, but uh, skirts were cool and makeup and nail polish. And I was like, I don't know how to do this because I've been <laughs> the last four years rubbing dirt on my knees and face. And I was just like, I don't know. How to, I actually remember, oh, this is so cringy. I didn't even write it down because it's so cringy. I asked my friend at the time, I'm going to call her out, uh, Samantha Guillaume. We were pretty close. I asked her to give me lessons on how to be girly. I was just like, how do you do it? And she was like, Oh, I think it was like fifth grade recess. And she's like, here's how you're going to walk. Here's how you wear a skirt or something. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like, it was just so embarrassing when I look back on it. But all of a sudden I was like, oh shit. That is the funniest thing. Okay. That makes a lot of sense though. I mean, you said you had an older brother, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So you didn't have like, cause like I had an older sister. So I, I bet I knew more about being girly. <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's definitely just, like it's very definitely very different like you know like I don't know my my mom and my sister would have these like chats that like I was not you know invited to that were definitely a different style of chat than I had ever experienced and you're right <laughs> and it happens around middle school time okay so yeah wow that's such a cool experience that I have never had to face because I am boy um okay um you joined a lot of different groups um clubs chorale concert mm -hmm. band um magical singers and spelling spelling were you a big speller no that, that was a question like i don't know if i sold magicals correctly i was like i don't know that's okay i don't think they're watching <laughs> maybe they are <laughs> um i you even remember dancing to newsies in the auditorium with with a choreography beth banner created can you tell me about yeah. that so we, if I remember correctly, in like middle school, I think everyone had to sing, maybe in like the first few years. Oh and yeah, yeah. With Miss Popo, did you have Miss Popo for music? Yeah, yeah. So awesome. you like all had to get up there, and I remember she showed us. Someone showed us Newsies, mm -hmm. and they had that whole like dancing sequence, 
and she asked for volunteers that when the students were singing in the like aisles of the auditorium students would be there dancing rather than i singing. remember that i actually do remember that yeah she was like because in the movie in the if you have never seen newsies newsies is great yeah. right christian yeah. bale before he's batman he's spinning on this I, I remember that one shot of him spinning on the fan you know what i'm talking about yes exactly i watched this and i was like i want to be like these dancers and so when she was like yeah i want some volunteers i was like i'll do it kind of thing but then she was like okay you guys are gonna make the choreography and i was like oh wait <laughs> what so it was just i don't remember what grade this even was maybe six maybe seven oh, it was just God. a group of like 10 kids trying to do the choreography from newsies so yeah and we had to dress up and my dad apparently had this old like paperboy hat so i had the whole like outfit and we did the whole dance and i thank god every day that like iphones were not really a thing at that time and i don't think there is a recording of me doing this and i'm so happy for that because oh, i so can't funny. even imagine what i looked like you know i feel like i feel like when teachers say that when they're like you know what i believe in you kids so much like i want to see what's in your brains right i just think that that's like the the utmost amount of lazy that you can possibly be they're like just go away and do it exactly <laughs> it's like I am not gonna, I don't care what this looks like. You just go figure it out. So I don't do that. It's like, don't embarrass yourselves. It's fine. Your parents will think it's cute. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and I bet it was. I mean, I was there. So I, I think it was. I don't remember the, <laughs> I remember singing those songs though. Um, oh, man. What, uh, and I'm free like the wind. Like I'm oh gonna forever. I love that movie. Okay, great. Um, you had a singing solo in Dancing Queen. <laughs> Oh my God, Ryan Van Slyke's arrangement of Dancing Queen. Yes! He <laughs> just like walked into music class one day, like seventh grade kid, and he's like, I composed this entire thing. And we're all just like, what? Yeah. And we sang it for the school because it was actually good. Like he composed this entire thing. And yeah, I, I, I got a solo. I don't know how, again, this is all, anything having to do with music, acting, singing is all thanks to Mary Nixon. Uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood and she, as I'm sure a lot of people know, she's this amazing singer, actress, all these things. And because we were so close, she's like, why don't you do this with me? And I was like, okay. So I just kind of tagged along. Like, not even, this isn't trying to be like dragging down. I can't sing. <laughs> I'm not a good singer, but I love doing it. And I think that's kind of what like allowed me to kind of slip in. Cause they're like, oh, well, she's having fun. So yeah, I somehow got the Mamma Mia solo of like Dancing Queen, which is a really low part. And for a 13 year old girl, I don't think it worked really well, but I did it. Like I got up, I got a microphone. And again, back to not having videotape, thank God. But like, if you had told me today at 24 that I needed to go sing in front of an entire auditorium of my peers and their parents, I don't think there's no way in hell I'm doing that. They pay me to do that. But like, I guess I did it. And Hell yeah. And it so, made you stronger. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's so funny you say that about Mary, because I feel like Mary had that strong influence on a lot of people. Like, mm -hmm. I definitely wouldn't have been as into theater as I got without Mary there. Um, she made you feel safe. You were like, even she would bring you in, but then she wouldn't just like drop you. Like, I know some people would maybe like invite you to something and be like, see, I'm off with my friends. Like, she'd bring you in and then suck you into the friend group too. She'd be like, no, no, no you're coming with us. 
So it was just like, whatever she did, she made sure you were coming along. And like, I really love that to be honest. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. So yeah, so so as you were joining these groups and stuff, did you meet like a lot of, I mean, Mary, I know was a big friend of yours, but um, mm-hmm. any other like influential friends that you met as you joined these other groups? Yeah, I think one of the things like, especially being in middle school, I had tons of friends, but I didn't necessarily have like a core group until I think seventh or eighth grade. And uh, the people, the person actually in middle school who ended up being my like number one girl is Michelle Corey. We met in a band because we both played clarinet. So we must have met in fifth grade actually. But like, I don't know when we immediately clicked, but like she, uh, she is my like number one. We still talk every day. She is my absolute best friend. We're always joking. Like when we get married, we're each other's maid of honor. Like, oh, cool. And uh, I ended up later moving and she literally was the house the street up for me. So we would just be like, okay, I'm walking over kind of thing. Like if I had a sleepover, it was with Michelle. Like every weekend we were going to the movies or something. She was like the core person that I kept from middle school all through these years. That's super cool. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like as I've grown up, like my friends have kind of like come in and out and you know, I've yeah. shifted to different groups, but like you and Michelle have been friends for how long? When, what year do you think you met? How old are you? I'm, I'm 24 quick maths um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. for a while I'm 24 we met we met in fifth grade and I would have been 11 11 yeah. 13 years wow see that's cool that's super cool yeah. like I mean I have <laughs> friends in my life that have been like you know that old but it's like not not that I'm hanging out and talking to every day that's super cool I love yeah. that um cool so yeah great let me let me go to your next starred thing here um Parents separated in eighth grade. Oof, I'm sorry. Um, do you want do you want to talk about that? Are you comfortable talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally okay. fine. It was like a weird ass time because my parents didn't divorce; they separated, which was weird. But it essentially, it happened after I moved from that original uh, neighborhood to a different house, uh, which is when I was on the bus with you. Essentially, I already didn't like the house. I was very bitter having to move away, especially from Mary because she lived in my neighborhood. So I was like. I don't have friends anymore and I'm 11 and I'm angry mm-hmm. but, uh, and about I think it was like it was either eighth grade might have even been into like high school freshman year but my parents just separated and we had built this house literally across the street because it was originally for my grandmother at the time but she passed away so it was just this weird like empty house and then the separation happened so my mom was like I'm gonna go into that house so it was literally my parents separated they had this like huge falling out and then they lived across the street from each other for like six years. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, oh, I, I'm going to mom's now. And I would literally just walk down the driveway and be at my mom's house. It was directly across the street. Wow. You know, I mean, that sounds difficult. That sounds really, really hard. But also, I mean, it sounds not as bad as it could potentially could have been. And honestly, right? like, obviously, when it first happened, my parents weren't great. But I will admit, after like a year or two, they've continued to be on speaking terms and they handled it honestly a lot better than I've probably heard from other parents kind of going on so like things could have been a lot worse but it was just a little weird sometimes being like oh no I forgot my homework I'll be back in five minutes because just gotta go to mom's yeah Yeah. well cool I mean that's you know I think that's probably one of the hardest things ever is to like I don't know be have, have a good working relationship with somebody that like 
I don't know. That's, I have a lot of respect for people who can do that. That's amazing. Um, well, cool. I'm, I'm sorry that happened, but also I'm glad it wasn't as bad as it potentially could be. Maybe I'm not the right person for this show. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I told you at the beginning, if I didn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't have put it on the papers. Like, cool. I'm going to try and not be too depressing. But like I said, like, totally I really good. wasn't. You're totally I'm sure good. I messed with my, like, seventh grade psyche, but like... I absolutely love this next bullet. It says you stole a dog from your neighbors because they were neglecting him. Yeah. And you literally kidnapped a dog. Are you outing yourself as a, for a crime on this show? Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was 100% illegal and the cops were involved. Oh my God. So essentially, uh, my dad was like running along those roads, like Broadfield, Whetstone, all the... Uh, roads and this massive brown dog starts chasing him and my dad is like like we I've grown up with animals we all have animals but when you see a massive dog like chasing you you're kind of like oh yes. shit yeah. but this dog bounds up to him and is like jumping on him licking him and is the sweetest animal my dad kind of sees him and like notices he's smelly like he's kind of skinny he was like I don't know who this is but he kind of figured out who he belonged to and like returned it to the house and then pretty much every day after that that dog is in our yard just chilling out wanting to come by and we're kind of like getting suspicious we're like okay this dog the fact that he can escape every single day is not great and then we started doing like drive-bys to see what was going on and we would see this dog like in all weather just chained outside oh, we man. never saw that he like he was always outside and so one day when he came over my dad was like that's it he's not going home because we kept returning him we're just like you're coming in. So we like let him into the garage. We fed him. We brought him to the vet. And uh, they told us he had Lyme disease. He had been hit by a car that clearly hadn't been like taken oh care God. of, hadn't been settled. Like he was old. I think he was like 10 or 11 at the time. Um, they were like, he doesn't have a lot of time left, this kind of thing. And that was like, that's a little like, this is our dog now. <laughs> so, that's so awful. Oh my God. But like, we took this dog and <laughs> the uh owners at one point we had him for like a year or something I think and the owners at some point got him back and so this is when the real like theft comes into it we literally like drove to the house and they were keeping him in their neighbor's house and so I don't want to like I'm not gonna out who did it <laughs> <laughs> allegedly essentially <laughs> allegedly we might have uh, knocked on this like nine-year-old woman's door and like wormed our way in and stole the dog <laughs> oh my god <laughs> back into the car and then of course after that like off the call like, you stole our dog and then we like, had the whole story and the cops were like after they heard it they turned to us and they were like register that dog because he's not registered which is also illegal Hell yeah. in so once we registered him, he was our dog. Like, they couldn't do anything about it. So, like, the cops were involved, and they were like, Here's There you go. That's great. He lived for, like, five more years. Like, he had the best time of his life. Like, he was fat at the end. <laughs> having a great time. And we had that creek that ran. We had Limestone Creek. Mm -hmm. And he would just sit in it all day and come out, and he smelled atrocious. But he was the sweetest dog. So, yeah, I, my family literally... I think I was 14. I aided and abetted in the theft of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's <laughs> yeah. You knocked on the door of a nine-year-old woman. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, my God. And then at the end of the day, the cops are on your side. That's amazing. What, yeah. what a great, righteous feeling. Like, yeah, like, I was right this whole time. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I was scared, but now I'm... I'm <laughs> like, like me. Ha. 
That's yeah, great. I wasn't involved in that conversation. My dad was like, get inside right now. And then I came back. He's like, oh, well, buddy's ours. And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's amazing. I love that. Um, cool. Okay. Sweet. Um, your bat mitzvah and the big pool party. That was about the time that, sweet. Um, and, and we were friends. I was riding your bus at that time, correct? Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Do you um, have any other, okay. All of my pets growing up really shaped your animal science career. Um, at one point you had five dogs and four cats at once. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, cool. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I'm sorry. This story probably, I mean, saving this dog probably has a lot more meaningful impact in your memory because now you do behavioral animal science stuff, right? I totally even forgot about that. So that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So, no, it's fine. So, <laughs> tell us about these pets. Um, essentially, if you have a sob story, and you can kind of blame my dad for this one. If you have a sob story for an animal, it's ours. Like, it does not matter so the amount of times it would be like oh this dog was found on the highway with his brother and my dad was like i guess we have two new dogs and it would just be like there are things it was like anytime we found an animal it wasn't like oh bring him to the shelter it was bring him to the vet he's ours now kind of thing so yeah that's how we ended up with five dogs and then again with the cats it also helped that my uh, godparents are vets so we kind of they would also be like hey we had this basket of 24 kittens dropped off would you like so i'm like Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, 24 <laughs> kittens. Could you imagine? Yeah, I remember that once. Because they would just literally drop it off because they're like, oh, you're a vet. And they're just like, have it. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. I hate those people. <laughs> those people are the worst. Where did you get 24 kittens with? Stop it. That's crazy. Um, Man, okay, cool. So you're seeing like all sorts of different animals coming from really rough backgrounds come into your home and you're taking care of them actively or is it kind of your responsibility or your parents' responsibility or? or... No, well, I mean, obviously when I was like little, little, it really wasn't, but it was mainly my responsibility because like when I got home from school, my parents were still at work. Mm -hmm. So like I'd come home, got to feed the dogs, make sure they've got water kind of thing, clean the litter boxes, that kind of thing Uh, from a I'd say probably starting in like high school that's when I started like if we had dogs who needed medication I was the doser because they were like Julia wants to be the vet so I would just pretty much do anything involved with the dogs yeah cool when when did you um when did you kind of discover that that's what you wanted to do honestly I don't think there was a single other thing I ever said when I was growing up that I wanted to be like when everyone was like what do you want to be when you're five I was like I'm gonna be a vet I'm gonna do it and Cool. That was, you know, I think once when I was like 10, I was like, I'm going to be a marine biologist. Like it kind of switched a little bit. And then I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. And, and you even now that's awesome. That's really cool. Cause I think, I think like a lot of people say that when they're very young, right? Cause <laughs> you're a child and you know, like, yeah, Oh, animals like are great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, what's the person that hangs out with animals all day? I feel like that's one of the first careers that you can kind of yeah. conceptualize as a child. Um, that's cool. But so even, even when you learned like, oh my God, like 10 years of school or eight, I don't even know what it is, but like that you were still just like, yep, I'm doing this. Like, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like full send. That's badass. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, okay, great. Um, pretty much all your friends in middle school were no longer friends in high school we were friendly, just didn't hang out anymore. Yeah. Gotcha. Kind of like how I was on like the outskirts and had all these friends, but like, as you kind of moved into high school, it was more about like the quality and the small group, at least for me, like I had the core group and I no longer had this like 
widespread, but I also kind of stopped going to like, I wasn't in the musicals anymore. I wasn't getting involved in singing. Like I kind of went more in the academic focus because I was like, I need to focus on my grades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like around, around like sixth or like seventh grade, that's when you can either go in like, there's like the advanced track or like, Oh, like you're going to take Regis stuff or whatever. Oh, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you, it was that kind of a turning point where it's like, I'm going to focus on academics and it was like earth science or what was the other one? I don't know. Like, Oh, play with colors. It was just like, like you could continue. It was like, you could continue just the general science and then you could do earth science. You could do advanced like English, social studies, all these things. You had to get like lit, written notes from the teacher saying like, you were good enough. And yeah. It was weird. It's definitely this definitely, weird, like, qualifying process that it should not be because you're so it really, young. It really put a weird dynamic, I feel like, for me at least, on the classes. Because, like, obviously, if you're in a regular class, that's fine and normal. And if you're in advanced, then you're advanced. But in my twisted brain, if you were in normal, it meant you were dumb kind of thing. I was like, I, I remember, like, having a teacher say, no, I don't think you're going to do well in this advanced class. Just do the regular and I overrode them. I was like, no, I'm going to be in the advanced class. And I didn't do that well because I honestly probably shouldn't have been in it. But like, it was this FM mentality of like, if you're not in AP, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, and I, I hate that. I honestly, I hate that mentality so much. I hate, I hate the idea of these judgmental teachers with their magic mm -hmm. wands deciding people's futures for them just because, you know, and it's like, you are not an objective person. Like you don't like me because yeah. I did these three things to you. Not because you think I'm stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I fully agree with you. That whole process sucks. And I don't know. Yep. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it takes a really small little person to be like, you know what? Mm, I don't think he's good enough. Like, whoop. <laughs> yeah, it's literally telling these 13-year-olds that you're not good enough because it was such a competition because everyone knew about it. It wasn't like a, oh, I'm going to write you a note on the, like, sly kind of thing. It was, like, an announcement if you got it or not. Like, yeah. Bored almost. Yeah, and then people would like brag. I remember yeah. all of that. Julia, oh God, I'm getting angry. I'm getting mad. I forgot, I forgot all about that. And I did I did the advanced stuff and I was like, oh I'm so smart. And then it's like, no, I should have been yeah. in, I should have been in the normal track and I would have actually learned fundamentals instead of like trying like drowning in these other courses. Although I did really like earth science. I think I did well in earth science, but I I don't know. I love whatever. Earth science. But I did earth science in ninth grade. I actually that was the one I didn't do the fast track on at first I did earth science in ninth grade and it was I want to say Mr. Hartwell but like high school Mr. Hartwell and he was like my he was amazing I loved him as a science teacher yeah that's awesome I love really great teachers okay cool um I think we're gonna move on to the next part of your life yeah <laughs> I'm sorry I don't mean to if we stalled I apologize no we're at 43 minutes okay great um so yeah you friends became different you kind of became closer with Michelle Corey um no longer a tomboy more an academic route kind of going going away from uh music and stuff into an academic route very cool you kidnapped a dog discovered a love for animals awesome okay part three of your life high school entitled just wanted to get the hell out of fm love it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it Ended up somehow being in ceramics click, even though I wasn't good at ceramics and it was just really fun and the people were hella nice. Awesome. Tell me about that. <laughs> um, so I think it was like, it started in middle school. I did the, uh, oh God, 
I don't know, studio art class. Yeah. And that was like the prerequisite. And then when I got to high school, you could kind of choose if you want to do like drawing, ceramics, and I think photography were the choices. And I think it was my friends at the time, Sophia Wadovich, the daughter of our three, third grade teacher, and then my friend uh, Kyle Harbour, who again was like part of my core group, they both went into ceramics. And so I was being a little bit of a follower and I was like, well, I'm going to do ceramics too. And honestly, like I did it all four years of high school. And like I said, I wasn't good at it by any means. I was adequate, but like, it was just so much fun. I loved Mr. Eichler, the teacher. We called him Ikey. And it was just like, you could walk into that class, like phones came out, Spotify was on. You could just sit there and do whatever art you want to do with your oh, hands. That's awesome. like, you weren't thinking about school. It was just, you could sit there and do it. And honestly, it was the best superlative I've ever, not superlative, collective, yeah. sort of collective that I ever chosen. Like, hands down, loved that's it. That's so cool. Can you, can you do that thing like in Ghost when they make the pot? <laughs> I was taught how to do it. I was taught how to, yeah, do all that. Are you that. like really good at it or like you can make it? And, is it really hard? I, so no. the problem with it, I found it really hard. So if you want it, could like throw it down, put a pot out in like two seconds. Uh, what I found really difficult is if it wasn't 100% centered on the wheel, it's not going to work. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's, it's like off to the side. Yeah, it's going to be wobbly. And so what I ended up doing with ceramics is I hand built everything. So I would like sculpt it actually with my hands and things, which was tedious, but like kind of fun. <laughs> That's dope. That's really cool. I, you know, I mean... I don't think I could ever sculpt anything. So that's really, I'm jealous. Um, cool. You forced yourself through AP and SUPA courses because um, you had to prove that you were smart. Not sure to who. Um, and you, uh, you were doing mediocre because you refused to study and you admitted that maybe you weren't as smart as you needed yourself to be. God, that was a ramble that I wrote. Good God. Oh, I was okay. I think I just wrote it. My heart out. I was like, let me tell you about this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we kind of like touched on that a little bit in middle school where like FM had this whole mentality. Like it was a very academic centered school where it was like, you were either amazing at sports and people liked you or you were amazing at school. And I had this mindset again, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know why I decided it, but I decided that if you studied, that it meant I wasn't as smart and that I needed to be able to just know everything. So I just didn't study. Like I never learned how to study, but then I also forced myself to keep doing these AP, SUPA, honors. If there was a high track, I went to the highest because I was like, I need to be in these classes. And then it ended up, you were always in the same classes with the same students. So it was like, I can never not be in these because they'll notice kind of thing. And it was, these students were absolutely brilliant that I was in these classes with and I was like, hey, here's my C, like, I was passing, but, like, yeah, I, if I had been in Regents or something, I probably would have excelled, but if I had actually studied, maybe I would have done something, but, yeah, I forced myself through these classes, I hated them, I did it, and I got to be Mr. Minch's student because of it, and honestly, he's probably has such a lasting impact on all of his students, he always had, like, these great messages, just even for life kind of thing. Yeah, Mr. Minch is awesome. Um, but okay, cool. Yeah, so so you you felt like you were like, you felt like you didn't, you felt like studying meant that you had to work harder than the people who were just like naturally good at it. 
Yeah, it was always this thing where like someone would get a test back and they'd be like, oh my God, I, I got a 95 and I didn't even study. And it was like this yeah, yeah. badge where you were like, well, if you, you got a 95 and you did study. It's like, oh, well, you actually had to work. And it's like, okay, I guess I just won't ever study. I hate that so much. I hate kids, man. And I hate, I hate the system that, that, that promotes that thing too. It's yeah, because like, all the teachers were like full steam ahead. Yeah, if you're not an AP, what's the point of you? And it's like, what the hell? Now that I'm an adult, it's like, what? Yeah, like a lot of, I feel like that came mostly from like the advanced teachers of like, you know, because they had this like, I feel like they had this pride about their courses, or at least when mm -hmm. I joined them, because like a lot of times I was the kid that like, I think my mom really kind of uh, was like, you know, what should be in the advanced course. <laughs> and, like, mm -hmm. and so I was normally the kid that was like goofing off in the back. Um, and so I definitely felt that mentality from a lot of those teachers mm -hmm. of like, they felt like, uh, I don't know, which I think is wrong now, right? I think the wrong, that's such a terrible message because the people who actually do well and the people who actually get ahead in like life in the world are the ones that mm -hmm. work the hardest and can study the yeah. most. So yeah. it blows my mind in a way. I also think that that's unique to FM. Um, the, I, yeah. the weird hierarchy of like studying, you know, I mean, probably not just FM, but like they make it a weird yeah, it's like we also had that whole thing where like you always see high school movies where they're like the nerds are like looked down upon, but at FM, like if you were smart, you were like top of the tier. They were like, oh my God, place you on a pedestal. Yeah, which was, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. You're right, because it's like none of the movies that we watched like reflected that, right? Because they're all like mm -hmm. built out of people who grew up in the 80s where like, yeah, the cool kids were the ones that were like pushing each other down the stairs. And yeah. <laughs> And like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever. Anyway, um, cool. So yeah, that's nuts. Um, having a core group of friends, Victoria DeVito, Michelle Corey, Sophia Wanovich, Kyle Harbour, and Emily Shabin. Um, cool. Can you tell me when she started dating Kyle? Oh my God, I remember that. Oh, I remember that so much. I, yep. <laughs> yeah no like it was he just kind of like threw her in we're like who is this and then literally like a year later we're like this is our child uh no so there we actually still have a group chat to this day called the girls room sorry kyle's not in it we still talk to kyle but he's not invited to the girls room because uh he and emmy broke up and we kept emmy <laughs> no we still talk it's fine but yeah no like these people like i said kyle and sophia were from art michelle was from band. Victoria was also from band, but she went to Wellwood, which is like, for people who don't know, is the other middle school, but still in the district. So I think once we hit high school, that's how we met. Um, and again, Emmy started dating Kyle junior year of high school, and she just immediately like fit in really, this is an angel. And like I said to this day, like, I don't think I went anywhere without those people. That was, those were the only people I hung out with. Cool. What were you like doing with them? Like, what would you do? movies i remember that every weekend it was shopping town mall had to see the amount of movies and money i probably spent at shopping town mall because it was every friday night i went and then sometimes even saturday night because there was nothing, nothing else to do if you were again like me the child who followed every single rule so i was like oh i can't go off in the woods like other kids who are just like exploring i'm like i have to do this so yeah i, I every weekend <laughs> at the movies i mean as we got older it might have just been like oh come to my house to hang out kind of thing like we would just chill out but yeah movies were a big thing <laughs> oh yeah 
like and and nobody could drive i feel like or you know like when you're like or i mean by the time you're in high school you know you're 16 i don't know um but like yeah. early it's like hey mom early on go to the movies drop me at the mall please like <laughs> yeah it was like i think my parents were always the pickups so it was like michelle's yeah. mom would drive us there and then my parents would pick us up and bring us home because like i said we literally lived on the same street so it's just kind of like okay yeah that's always convenient because i there's always that one friend that's like oh i'm not driving that motherfucker home he lives on the other side of town like i'm gonna be out all night like, okay they're sleeping over we're not driving them home. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take me an hour yeah cool um i i definitely have a lot of memories of of that as well like going to the movies and i now that you've mentioned it i think i was pretty much a rule follower too i mean like <laughs> Not in class, but in life mostly. I think you were like a class clown, so you liked pushing buttons, but like really deep down, you weren't about to just like burn it down and like. Yeah, yeah. you weren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just wanted to see how far you could go. Oh, sure. Yeah. Pretty far was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, your first boyfriend, we gotta talk about that. I had no idea you dated Tomer Nesher. Man, imagining you guys together right now as you've kind of taken different paths in life would be that that kind of melts my brain a little bit. My hands just set, started sweating. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, um, I was friends with uh, Ronnie because he lived in the same neighborhood as Victoria uh, DeVito. So I was kind of like in that group as well. And he had like a New Year's party or something. And this is like the cringiest high school flirting you could do. He, Tomer stole my phone as like a, I'm gonna take this and then I'll give it back if you give me your number kind of thing. And I was like, like head over heels immediately. So yeah, I think I remember correctly, our first date ever was a basketball game at the, uh, at where? Carrier down, I think. Is that what it's oh, called? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Julia, I'm right on board. It's like, uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it's called. Um, I don't know. I think it's sports, so it was bad. <laughs> he also took me to like a uh, baseball game, my first ever baseball game. Again, no loss of sports. But uh, no, yeah. So um, And that started your lifelong love of sports. And now yeah. you're an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah that whole thing I think it lasted a total of six months maybe I was a sophomore he was a junior which was like the scandal he's the older man and he was on the basketball team he was on like first string too so he actually played in the games and people would just be like who the fuck is that and how did she get him kind of thing like I actually had junior girls walk up to me and be like you're not pretty enough to be dating him and I was like thanks man that's so <laughs> was awful like, it was rough and people were just like why is he dating her and I was like fuck I know kind of thing but like <laughs> I got to go to prom which was really cool as a sophomore I had that, like I like I got to go to prom twice and all these things but uh I ended up breaking up with him because yes. my dad was always like you can't hang out at his house he can't hang out at your house the only things you can do is like very big public events and I was just like you yes. know what it's not even worth it at this point so I broke up with him which got me even more hate because the sophomore who didn't deserve him then dumped him and people were like what the fuck and yeah so people started telling me like oh he wasn't even gonna invite you to prom like he was gonna ask me and all these things and I was like I just don't even care I actually remember I'm like should I tell this story but uh essentially I was told I'm not going to say who, I was told not to break up with him the day I did it because he had a math test and it was going to make him sad and fail the test. And that was the reasoning. Oh, 
I just remembered this. So I broke up with him before school. So like when everyone would kind of wander around in the halls at like 7.30 in the morning at an ungodly hour. So we went out a set of double doors to kind of do it. <laughs> and as we went back to go in, the doors were locked. <laughs> so I had just broken <laughs> up with him and we're standing at the doors, like just kind of awkwardly waiting for someone to notice, but school hadn't started yet. So people weren't really there. And I was just like, oh my God. And finally, my savior, Victoria DeVito, happened to be the person who found us. And she opened the door and she's like, what are you guys doing? And then she was like, oh my God, you just broke up with him. And I was like, don't fucking say Oh, she said it. She called you out. Oh, yes, so my God. I so Traumatizing. <laughs> oh my God. And then like, I want to break up with you. The doors are locked and you're just- Yes, it was literally door. that. And oh. then like two months later, I was like, I've made a mistake. I won't. <laughs> Oh God! Oh no! How did that go? How was that conversation? <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, I never told him. <laughs> oh, you never told him. It was just like an internal flame. Oh. Yeah, I told literally everyone else in my life, but then I was just like, "God, that's the worst, isn't it?" <laughs> that's, Once... that's a that's an issue we're going to now. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that story. I'm breaking up with you. The doors are locked. Like, just... I can't explain the terror of just pulling on the door and it not moving. And you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I quit. I'm it's moving. like, I can't turn around to face you. So I just kind of, I just stood there. I was just waiting and praying. I was like, someone come How long me. were you standing there? Was it like a, was it like a beat? Like, oh, 10 seconds. Or was it like three, four minutes of like, we're in the I think it was a couple minutes. Oh my God. Months, and I was just like, oh, I think it was like knocking on the window being like, someone please come save me. That's the funniest thing I've <laughs> ever heard. It was like in some weird hallway of the school that really wasn't used as much. Okay. So like it was, it was, was it like near the art wing stuff? No, it was like near, you know where uh, the food room was? Like the health wing? How We had that weird like tri-floor hallway. Yeah. I still don't know how it happened, how we had three levels in a two-story school. <laughs> it was in there and it was like, I don't know, I think it was near like the track field. I don't know why. I don't know, that school is not weird. commonly yeah, no. used, it doesn't matter. I gotcha, no worries. you didn't go to FM are going to be like... <laughs> what who cares i don't give a shit <laughs> that's hilarious though um cool my dad started dating victoria's mom they would break up and get back together continuously really weird for your friendship yeah that sounds fucking crazy they're still dating to this day they're dating. really congratulations oh. to them i'm sorry for calling your relationship fucking no crazy. like oh my god we would victoria and i would sit there and compare them to high schoolers it would literally be like they break up one week and be like i hate her and then like two weeks later he wouldn't want to tell me that they were back together because he was like embarrassed that he like had this huge falling out. So I would like find out from Victoria. She'd be like, uh, your dad's at my house. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was just like. I thought they hated each other. Like, and oh, the thing that like fucked our friendship over the most is like, I'd be sitting at her house or something and her mom's in her room or something. I'm talking to Victoria and I'll be like, oh my God, I have a crush on this guy. Or, oh my God, I failed this test. And I'd come home and my dad would be like, so who's this guy? Who's this test that you failed? And I'm like, ah, uh, uh. yeah. So they would like listen. She wasn't even in the same room, but they would like listen in and then report to the other. And I'm like, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> so we started this habit of going for walks around the neighborhood, which is where we would just walk around and talk shit, knowing that neither parent could hear it kind of thing. Also, yeah. fun fact, Tomer lived in the neighborhood, so we would constantly walk past his house too. I I I remember that neighborhood. I was on some of those walks. I uh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, yep, yep. I I dated I dated Jillian Boyko, which 
I think is a great person, probably doing great things, but I just, that was a whole travesty nightmare. Like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. It's yes. really weird, like emotionally just like charged weird thing. Um, cool. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to drag your trauma into this too. Like <laughs> coming with me. You know, honestly, I'm just like, you're totally right. I used to work at that tops. I used to work at tops and oh, I used to God. go up to that neighborhood and we would like walk around and like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Walking around that neighborhood was apparently like the go-to thing. Everyone in that neighborhood would do that. They'd just do a loop. Yeah. Cause they were like all friends and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I never had that. Cause I feel like we lived kind of like out in the boonies, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. My neighbors were cow fields. Like yeah. in the backyard, I could hear the coyotes howling and I was like, I'm not going outside. <laughs> yeah. That. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cool. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Life Story with Noah Chrysler. Um, and I hope you're enjoying this episode about Julia Kupperman. Guys, if you have a couple minutes and you could take a moment to either like, comment, or subscribe on this video, or if you're uh, listening on a podcast app, if you could review this podcast and give us a five-star rating. I know we've had a rocky start and things haven't been, you know, super high quality and they haven't been always the most like organized, but you know, this show, I, this is a learning experience for me and I'm trying to learn as we go. And, and we're actually, we have a team um, that produces this show and, and it's been a learning experience for all of us. So if you have any suggestions, make sure you include them in your comments or reviews and I will go ahead and try to implement some of the ones that I think could help. Things should be getting changed and tweaked and stuff going forward and, and I'm excited um, for those changes and I think it's gonna make the show a lot better. Um, cool. Guys, this episode of the Life Story Podcast with Noah Chrysler is sponsored by Modern Estate Planning. Here's a hard truth. Every one of you will die someday. When that happens, sometimes people leave behind a ton of problems for their friends and family to solve. After funeral costs, some people die poorer than the day they were born. And worse yet, if you don't have a will or you have a bad will, your, your family members can end up battling in court over the things you leave behind. They'll have to pay a ton of lawyer fees. And usually when the process is all over, they all end up hating each other and never speaking to each other ever again. Why make your family members go through that when instead you can take steps right now to plan the legacy you leave behind? If you're in the Atlanta area, the best option you have is modern estate planning. Modern estate planning offers professional modern estate plans for the modern family. We've helped hundreds of families in the Atlanta area protect their legacies and avoid court. If you live in the Atlanta area and you don't have an estate plan or you have estate planning questions, give us a call at 404-620-3793. That's 404-620-3793. Guys, again, thank you so much for watching. If you could like or review the show, uh, that would be really, really awesome. You know, we're very, very small right now. And if you're listening to this message, that means um, you're one of the few people that, that actually are watching and listening to these whole episodes. So I really, really genuinely appreciate you. And I want to hear some feedback uh, and suggestions. And if you want to be on the show, um, just find a way to contact me. You can contact me. My email is contact at noahchrysler.com. If you have a friend that you think has a really interesting life story and you want them to be on the show, go ahead, send me an email um, or just, you know, message me in some way. You're probably connected to me if you're watching at this point. Honestly, I've, I've opened up the horizons a little bit to um, basically feature anybody who wants to talk to me um, and tell and share their story with me. And let me know also what you think about um, adding the form into this process because uh, it's a little bit different. So, okay, have a good one. Sweet. So, cool. Um, your mom started dating her childhood friend who lived in California. She would see him a few times a year, maybe. Yes? Mm -hmm.
Um, working at the YMCA Camp Iroquois during the summers. Weird dynamic there too, but you spent 15 years of your life there. Wow. Tell me about that. Yeah, so like I was literally there as a camper from the age of four. And then I think you become staff when you're like 14 kind of thing. And then I was staff until I went to college. But it was like kids that we went to school with also were at camp there. And the dynamic changed. And it was like maybe people I wasn't really friends with in school were all of a sudden my coworkers and friends at camp. So like trying to remember, like Chris Polera worked at the camp with me. We were super close at camp. I don't think we ever spoke in school kind of thing. But uh, Victoria DeVita also worked at the camp. But it was this weird dynamic of just like, it was essentially like an open camp of 16-year-olds in charge of kids from age four to like 12. And they were just like, have at it. Don't let anyone die. And you were given this immense responsibility. Like, I remember I was 16 and I'd have like a list of campers and they're like, this one's allergic to peanuts. You need to carry all the EpiPens. And one year I had like four EpiPens in my bag. I had one girl. I had to carry a walkie-talkie on me at all times because she, uh, Oh my god was prone to seizures so i'd have to call oh and i'm god. 16 i'm like looking back i'm like who gave me this responsibility so it's just like yeah it was just this weird dynamic of being at camp and having being like super close to all these people and then coming to school and like not speaking to them except for victoria it's just like this weird flop but yeah it took up a lot of my life to be honest. i still have dreams about camp and like really way like stress dreams where i'm like oh my god i've lost a camper and Oh, and I wake up, I'm like, I haven't worked there in six years. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. You know, I, I, I definitely resonate with both of those things, right? Like having that group of friends, like, in, like Boy Scouts for me, I would have all these friends mm -hmm. that like, I never like hung out with in school, but like we were friends in Scouts and like we were friends yeah. in school too, but I never see them. I, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like we weren't close, right? It was just like, you didn't see them or like, if you saw them, it was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. And then also that like that a lot of responsibility. Okay. I love, I love this next one. This says Jack Wilson nailing me in the face with a rubber kickball during the eight base kickball game and me getting a concussion. Jack being absolutely traumatized by it. And you think that this was your most famous moment at FM. I didn't do because like people I didn't know would walk up to me and be like, were you the girl who got hit in gym? <laughs> Yeah, it was junior year, and we were playing that game again. I don't know, maybe it was raining or something. They loved making us play eight base kickball, and so you would be standing on these mats. And I was not an exercise person, so I'm standing there talking to Michelle Corey, and Jack whips the ball at someone who's trying to get to the base, and everyone simultaneously ducks. And I go, "What's happening?" And so <laughs> turned literally into this rubber, and like Jack was a ripped kid, so he did like a full arm swing and it was one of those big like rubber <laughs> max me in the face i'm wearing glasses the glasses go flying i was standing next to the bleachers so it kind of like snaps my head back and hits the bleachers i go down and the only thing i see is my friend kyle harbour is also on the ground of the gym and my only thought is oh my god what happened and as i start like getting helped up i realize he has fallen over because he was laughing <laughs> And I don't, apparently Michelle walked me to the nurse and I don't remember the walk to the nurse. Oh my from the God. Gym. But I guess at one point, I think I was walking back or something. I was passing the hall and I passed Jack and he goes like, this must've been a few days later. Cause that's when I was diagnosed with the concussion. It was very mild, but uh, oh my God. 
And he's like, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just a minor concussion. And I literally see this boy's face just like turn white. He's like, you have a concussion? And I was just like, <laughs> oh, like I didn't realize he didn't know. And I think honestly, he like apparently afterwards, because when I was a senior, I had this English teacher and I don't know how it came up, but she all of a sudden turned to me and she goes, you were the girl that Jack hit? Like he came to me crying, upset. Like he was devastated that he ruined his life Julia I honestly like it was it's such a funny story to me but apparently like he was traumatized and my mom kept joking she was just like now you can get him to ask you to prom (laughs) (laughs) even though he's been dating the same girl for like eight years yeah oh they're super cute oh man they're so cute I see their Instagram every once in a while but I don't know something happened where Michelle posted it on Facebook, I think, like, a year ago or something, and she tapped, yeah, it was, like, one of those memes where it was, like, you're lying if you've never been hit by one of these, and it was a picture of that ball, and she tags Jack and I in this picture, I was, like, I've literally not spoken to him since this happened, and she did that, I was just, like, it's so funny to me, but I feel so bad that I was just kind of, like, hey, I have a concussion, and he was just, like, oh, my God, I've killed this girl, (laughs) like, I mean, I don't know. That's it's it's the cost of playing, you know. I mean, that's I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm not very compassionate about your concussion. I feel terrible. I'm I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But yeah, apparently there was like a new rule or something, or I don't I can't remember the gym teacher's name. But he was the one who's slightly more severe. You remember he had dark hair. Oh, uh, yeah, what is that guy's name? I don't know. I always remember him as, know, like... but apparently he would then teach 8-Base and say, just don't get hit in the face, like, for last year or something, and I'm like... <laughs> I feel like there was, like, that, like, little clique of gym teachers that, like, all tried to be, like, major league baseball players, and then they, like, <laughs> and they taught gym instead, which is cool. I mean, I think it's great to spend your time with children instead of, like, going out there into the world. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he was always kind of strict. But... Yeah. After that, he was quite nice to me, so whatever. Um, no drinking, no drugs. Uh, didn't attend a single party. I didn't either. I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> I was weird. Uh, still am, pretty much. Um, yeah. You Wildest thing you did was hold hands. No kissing? Did you ever kiss him? I will admit we kissed once, but I want to say it was like, I don't think... I think our lips touched for maybe like a millisecond. It was the fastest kiss I've ever experienced in my life. And it was all because of me, because then I was like, oh my God, a boy has touched me. Like I need to run away. Like, yeah. I at one point, not to embarrass anyone, it wasn't Thomair, but I briefly kissed someone and I came home sobbing to my mother saying, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian. Because <laughs> it like, I was so disgusted. And I was just like, I never again so yeah like we had a very sl- like very fast kiss and then i was like oh my god i can't my, my i'm shaking and sweating. oh my god that's the best that's amazing that's a that is adorable like that's so oh, yeah. come on that's amazing <laughs> i absolutely love that's so funny i kept through my first kiss it was like uh, uh it was, that was fine right like that was good <laughs> it was literally just like i kissed and then i was like okay we need to go and he was just like what and i'm like no that's it. <laughs> like, I gotta go. Time to go. Sorry, that. I think my dad's calling. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> senior year was a semi-blur because of senioritis, um, and you got accepted into UVM. Okay, cool. So, so what were you thinking towards the end of your um, high school career here? 
I was so excited by the idea of college. I was like, I'm going to be a brand new person because in high school, I'm this, everyone called me straight edge. I, like, everyone was like, she's a straight edge. She's the straight edge kind of thing. I was like, I'm going to be a new woman. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to have no supervision. It's going to be amazing. I remember I got close with Ben Scheffner senior year and he actually ended up getting accepted to UVM as well. So we went to like orientation together and that was like my first taste of freedom. And I was like, yes, I need more kind of thing. But yeah, I really don't remember senior year because I think once I got accepted, I did like early acceptance too. Once I got accepted, I was like, couldn't care less. I am going to college. That's all I could think about. I was like, cool. what, what program? Like what major? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, animal science. <laughs> animal science. Cool. That's awesome. Yep. Sweet. Cool. Um, great. Okay, great. So I think that is high school. Um, let me look at our time again really quick. I think we're like right on time actually now that I'm thinking about this. Maybe not. Maybe we might be a little slow. Um, but cool. So great. So you spent a lot of time in the ceramics program, really enjoyed that. It was you, Victoria DeVito, Michelle Corey, Sophia Wanovich, Kyle Harbour, and Emmy Shaben. Um, and I'm terrified that I'm forgetting someone and they're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> You're the worst. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you also dated Tomer for a while, had your first kiss, then broke up outside and got locked out. <laughs> my favorite story in the world. Um, cool. It felt like you couldn't, you felt like studying wasn't cool. Or I'm sorry, was that the last one? No, yeah, no, that was there. Um, yeah. Cool. And then... Uh, uh, Camp Iroquois, working at Camp Iroquois, having kind of two different groups of friends, and then Jack Wilson nailed you in the face with a rubber ball, and you got a concussion. Ugh. Simultaneously ruined his life. Um, <laughs> so his nightmares about it, like launches out of bed. He's like, "Oh God, I hit her." <laughs> Three. I'm and fine. UVM. What does UVM stand for? I'm an idiot. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, University of Vermont, but it's like the Latin name. Gotcha. University of Vermont. That's awesome. Cool. Four animal behavior science. Awesome. This next chapter, chapter four, is called college. Just wanted to get the hell out of UVM. <laughs> I'm plot twist. <laughs> or yes, plot twist more like it. Mm. Um, cool. Immediately being told that the pre-vet class of 100 plus people, only five would go on to become actual vets immediately knowing that you would not be one of those five people. Tell me about that, because that sounds like a terrifying wake-up call. Yeah, so it was like we had this like intro to animal science class where pretty much anyone, because animal science could kind of include pre-vet, but there was also a big farmer aspect, so you could also be in like the dairy industry and be in the animal science uh, major. So essentially they sat us down and they were like, how many people are, it was like that horrible, they always say like, how many people think they're going to be lawyers? You raise your hand. Like it was, how many people are here for pre-vet and everyone raised their hands and she's like, now look around, like only five of you are going to make it or something. And I was just like, Oof. not me. Like I just immediately, I was just like, cause she would just list off all the things about being a vet. And I was like, well, <laughs> I knew I wanted to be an animal science. Like I wasn't changing that at all, but I was just like, maybe being a vet isn't my field. And I kind of, yeah. What were what were some of the like qualifications that stuck out to you as like oh I do not want to do that like 4.0 GPA all four years uh, would have to go on for like four or five more years and then if you want to specialize you have to go four more years but it was pretty much the 4.0 GPA all four years plus you were supposed to have like extracurriculars because she told us 4.0 isn't special 
you need something oh, that like even sets you above it. And I was just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I was like, that's order. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> After that, I was like, nope, not happening. Yeah. That was the sucker punch. <laughs> okay, so so you, you go to that seminar, and after that, what what happens? Are you like, I'm going to be an undeclared major, or did you do the veterinary program for a little bit, or? I still essentially did everything that pre-vet students do. I did all the classes. I stuck with the pre-vet track, but I essentially didn't intend to go to vet school immediately after. I thought maybe when I'm older kind of thing. But I knew once I graduated, I wasn't going straight into veterinary school. Like, after that, that wasn't going to happen. I just want to focus more on myself and getting myself through college at that point rather than being like, I need a 4.0 and all this. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. That, that makes sense. Um, cool. You didn't have a core group of friends freshman year and thinking that you had missed your opportunity. Yeah, that sucked. Like, I remember freshman year and everyone telling me like you're going to meet your best friends that are going to be with you for the rest of your life and I didn't really meet them I to this day I talked to two people that I went to college with and a third because she's dating one of my friends but like I met two people freshman year that I was incredibly close with one girl absolutely adored her she transferred <laughs> she was oh. like I'm out I'm done that sucked and it was just kind of like so I was down to like one friend at that point and I was just watching all these people around me like even in the classes of animal science like everyone had formed these different groups and I couldn't tell you a single name of like someone in my classes and I was like I've missed my chance like it kind of was just like oh god everyone made friends freshman year and I don't know anyone it was just like this weird dynamic of going from high school where I literally went to school since kindergarten even if we weren't friends I knew your name like I knew who you were to then being like completely alone in this university there were a few kids who actually from FM went to UVM. Like I mentioned, Ben Scheffner, Beth Banner, I know went there, James Gunger, uh, a few people, but like I never saw them. I really didn't hang out with them kind of mm -hmm. thing. It was just this, yeah, just threw me in and I was like, I have no friends. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I had that experience too where my, my, my core group that I made like right out of, uh, what was it? In, in, initiation. What is that called? No. Yeah. Orientation. Orientation. Thank you. Um, initiation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <we're a frat. laughs> um, no, right, right, right out of orientation. I had this like, yeah. it was relatively sizable group of friends and then like it just slowly whittled its way down. And then just mm -hmm. like, about six months into it, it was just like, Oh cool. Nobody like, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, what like I met these people and then it was just like, oh, and then it didn't help that like I roomed with this girl, very sweet, loved her. I actually roomed with her for all four years, but she had zero interest in social aspects of college. She went to class, she came home, she had a boyfriend who was still in high school at the time, so she'd get home, put on the headphones and speak to him. Yeah. So it was like, if I wanted to do anything, I was going alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was scared to do that. So it was just like, hey, I'm going to sit at home. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that sounds really hard. So, so not many clubs and stuff, or did you join some clubs? Like there were tons of clubs. I joined ski club my first year with Ben Schaffner, and I think I went skiing like twice because you had to find your own way to the mountain. Oh boy! Um, like so, you had to get on a bus, and you were not guaranteed a spot. So there were a few times where I'd like show up and I'd be early, but you like people would literally shove onto the bus, and if you didn't get a seat, you're walking back to the dorm. Like there was no option so the few times I got to actually go skiing is because Ben had his car there and I don't know how because I don't think you were supposed to have one freshman year <laughs> he drove <laughs> me a few sure. times and that was 
that was it. And then I kind of, after that, I just like stopped joining clubs. Cause again, I had that like weird thought where I was like, well, I'm not a freshman anymore. So I can't join them and be new. And it's like, I, I hindered my own social life. I did it to myself. <laughs> gotcha. Now, I mean, Hey, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to do, you know, like go out and put yourself out there and, I don't know. There's a million people that you don't know. And yeah, especially coming from FM where it's like, Oh cool. I put myself out there and then people made fun of me for getting hit in the face with a, with a rubber ball. <laughs> um, cool. So college classes were a sucker punch and you felt really badly. Um, and you did really badly freshman year. You got tested for ADHD and you were told instead you just had hella anxiety and lowest score in self-esteem a doctor had ever seen. Oh my God, Julia. My mom was so pissed, because my mom was there. She was so pissed when he said that to me. She's like, why would you ever say that to an 18 year old? But yeah, because my brother has ADHD and he wasn't diagnosed until senior year of high school. So they're like, what if we missed it in Julia too, kind of thing. And so yeah, that's what he told me. He's like, no, you just have a shit ton of anxiety. And honestly, like I had to fill out this like scorecard thing. And he's like, on this scorecard, you have the lowest out of any patient I've ever seen. And I was like, I'm good at something. <laughs> I'm good at something? Oh my God, that's amazing. That's, I think that's the worst possible thing you could ever tell somebody with anxiety. That like, you are the weirdest, you know, you're the, like, you're the most ab, no, I'm sorry, that's very rude of me. No, 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 my mom was just like, what the fuck did you just say that's to my daughter? Awful. I was, like, was just kind of laughing. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. I was oh like, my God. <laughs> I remember answering his sheet and I was like, am I being a little too honest? Are they going to like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, Julia, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. No, it's okay. Okay. Um, did you, did you, did that, you know, bring you an awareness that you then had to like start working on that? And then you kind of like did some things to improve that? Or like, is that something that you now accept about yourself where you're just like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, now I'm like, I'm very aware that I am an anxious person. But yeah, like in school, because of that, they actually ended up giving me like extra time. And one thing that really helped is they would put me in a different room because I noticed if I saw someone get up and hand in their test, it just immediately I would spiral and I'd be like, oh my God, they're already done and I'm only halfway. I don't know the answers. And I would just all of a sudden, I'm like 20 minutes have passed and I'm like, well, shit, I haven't done anything. So yeah, essentially they would just be like, yeah, go take a test in this room. You can have extra time. Like, doesn't matter kind of thing. So like, that was nice to find yeah. out. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really change too much other than like kind of confirming what I already knew. I was like, yeah, I'm an anxious person always will be always have been kind of thing yeah no that can be tough that can be tough because then you i don't know for me it's always been like oh i have anxiety about having anxiety and then that's <laughs> worse it's like, oh my god <laughs> that can be hard yeah it makes everything else worse um cool uh you started dyeing your hair and it was actually really fun you started simple with a red streak ended up all over purple definitely was out of character compared to high school but you love changing your hair quite frequently can you tell me about that so like how yeah. did that start so i remember the girl that i met freshman year she dyed this pink streak in her hair and she was doing it in like the communal bathroom and i was like i like how that looks can i do it and honestly, when I did the first hair dye, I called my parents to ask if it was okay. Like, that's the type of person I was. I was like, can I dye this pink streak in my hair? And they were just like, we don't oh my God. in college, go. So I did that, and then it didn't show up as well, because it was like, I had reddish hair. Um, and so we bought red, like red, red. And so 
put that in and then I dyed the ends of my hair and I was like I like how this looks and then it kind of just grew from there and I remember like I don't know what the next step was but all of a sudden I literally I went to a hairdresser and she's like have you ever considered purple hair and I was like yes no but let's what a great hairdresser just like all over purple it was the probably boldest thing I had ever done up to that point but yeah all over purple I had like blue highlights silver highlights honestly I can't get back to that hair color but I would love to but I've never been able to recreate it it was so good but now I'm just like I get bored and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go bleach the front piece of my hair and see what happens and like, <laughs> it looks very it cool thank you but is it gonna fall off <laughs> like I'm always just like I never know and if it does I'm like well there's always wigs like <laughs> yeah but yeah I've gone I've had pink hair I've had blue hair I've had purple hair I've had red I've had I once permed my hair really turned it to straw that is the only time I've ever cried over my own hair <laughs> I was just like I I think it would have been better if it had fallen out to be honest <laughs> I cried about that but after that it really didn't deter me I was like just keep bleaching it keep dyeing it and fuck it up let's see like, I Do really you feel didn't like- intend to have dark hair but do you feel like that, like, kind of, I don't know, I feel like making a, a choice like that and being, like, standing out, looking, look at me, like, that sort of, like, identity thing, like, mm-hmm. did, did that have a lot of meaning for you? Like, I think that was my first, like, rebellion. That was my first, like, when I first asked them if I could do it, and then once I had that permission, I kind of stopped asking and just started doing it, and I think that was my first, like, I'm independent, no one's actually sitting here watching me, telling me what I can and cannot do. So I just went with it. And honestly, yeah, kind of like people would be like, wow, that girl has purple hair. Like, I'm going to go talk to her. Like at parties, they'd be like, I can see that hair. I'm going to go see what's up with that kind of thing. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. I love that. That's, that's your, uh, what is that? I don't know, like break free, you know, like in the movies when like the, they do the fashion show and then like the girl's like, no, the, I'm confident. The makeover, <laughs> the makeover, yeah. take the glasses off and suddenly she's like, brand new. Like, oh my God, she was beautiful. Wait, she was pretty. <laughs> Oh, I hate that a little bit, but it's also like, I don't know. Is it She's the Girl? I think that's the, like, movie that really did that. <laughs> yep. yep. Good times. Okay, cool. Um, One super close guy friend, huge falling out. Uh, you signed a lease to live together. Um, Had to find a new house that month. Never spoke to him ever again. Jesus. Yeah, that was probably the big, like, the first big drama of my life to be honest because like high school you always have these little things but like that was traumatic like freshman year we were inseparable like we were best friends definitely had a crush on him kind of thing it was one of those like will they won't they weird situations uh sophomore year it was kind of a like we're not gonna we're just friends and he had this girlfriend but uh I lived in her hall freshman year and I hated her (laughs) (laughs) so annoying and he and I would talk about her he hated her too and they, we would always be like oh my god she's so annoying and then like halfway through sophomore year he kind of goes by the way I've been dating her for eight months and I was like oh my Oops, god because I've been talking shit about her oh my and so god. I was like that was kind of the start and then she I guess didn't like us living together or something it was gonna be like a whole house it was like five of us it wasn't just oh, okay. but essentially she told him that I called her a cunt which, oh, sorry, I don't know. No, <laughs> whatever. Turn <laughs> yeah. it down, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So she told him that, and obviously he believed her and was like, yeah, this is it, and was just like, 
we're done. You can't speak to her that way. And I was like, I didn't even say it, but like, okay. But so I don't, I'm not disagreeing, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, she's not wrong, but I didn't say it. Like, because even back then I would always say like the C word. I wouldn't even say it out loud. Yeah. Now I'm in England and everyone says it. Gotcha. No. Yeah. What so is was, that like, man, that's gotta be. It's weird. Like when I was first hearing someone called like someone a dumb cunt, I was like, oh my God, there's about to be a fight. And then they started laughing and I was like, eh. And it's like almost like, oh, that's really like I'm like an idiot, just being like, oh my god, what's happening here? Yeah, that's crazy. That's definitely a weird adjustment. Yeah, but yeah, I literally like he kicked me off the lease. Thank God the landlord let me go. Like she yeah. gave me back the deposit of this whole thing, but I had a month to find a house in college, which is like really hard in college town. I, like, I did it. I ended up living with that same girl, and it was just her and I. And honestly, that was probably the best because. It worked out with just the two of us. Was she, was she one of your core close friends um, in junior year? Yeah, yeah. So she was with me all four years. And then junior year is when I met my friend Drew, who I'm still friends with now. And he's honestly like, I still talk to him almost every day kind of thing. And cool. he like, really helped me survive UVM because he felt the same way with the weird friend groups where it's like, well, you didn't do it freshman year. So shit out of luck. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you have a couple things here about like internships with animals and, and that sort of thing. You studied yeah. um, in Panama to do a course in bottlenose dolphins. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to read what you said because I totally butchered it. Here we go. I, I uh, might have written it wrong. <laughs> totally good. Going to Panama freshman year in a course to study bottlenose dolphins. And it was definitely a course made for upperclassmen, so I don't know how I got in. Definitely solidified the idea that I wanted to work with an animal conservation slash rehab, um, though instead of veterinary medicine. Awesome. And then the next bullet here says, did a summer internship at the Rosamont Gifford Zoo summer after freshman year. Adored that and got to work with all the mammals there. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about this dolphin program? Because that sounds really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So it was like, it was technically an abroad program. And I think those were literally meant for upper class only. And I went to all the meetings and just kind of didn't tell them I was a freshman. And was just like, yeah, I'm going when I signed up. And I got into it and they let me go. And it was this whole, we spent two weeks in Panama at the Smithsonian Institute. Uh, essentially, they were having a big problem with uh, locals using their boats and hitting the dolphins, not on purpose, but like not being aware kind of thing. So we went there to teach them. If you see a dolphin, just turn down your uh, motor so that the uh, propellers won't hit them kind of thing. So we did that and got home and then wrote a, an article about it. It was meant to be published, but that was like five years ago and I haven't heard anything. So I don't think it got published, but the professor itself has published works on that and then yeah I got to work at the Rosemont Gifford Zoo which was the same summer actually so like I got home from Panama and then went to the zoo and I was in the small mammals unit so they monkey? say is that, that a monkey is that code for monkey did you get to play with monkeys, was, Julia it was literally anything from the meerkats to the lions like oh cool it was yeah I got to I got to see like the underground of the zoo seeing what they were hiding oh, so down there cool. all these things and it was so cool got to play with baby otters and like feed the sloths it was the otters are the cutest thing are uh, but like otters are vicious and they'll murder you right like if you cross an otter right don't they come after you <laughs> maybe i'm thinking of a honey badger i don't even know is it honey badger otter will fuck you up, i think, I think, I think otters are maybe I broad i don't know an otter that's like six feet long and is terrifying that thing i feel like will kill you <laughs> <laughs> we're just like little, little otters yeah dude oh, man that sounds so cool 
I wish I worked at a zoo for a little bit or you know what? I'm, I'm 24. I got time. Maybe I'll retire at a zoo. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, that's awesome. So cool. So that kind of, uh, you know, definitely solidified some of these ideas about working with animals and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then you studied abroad in England. Um, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so that was essentially senior year. I had gotten enough credits from SUPA, taking that in high school, so it did do something, right? But I could essentially graduate early or do the abroad program, so I was kind of like, I don't want to leave school. <laughs> so I studied abroad, and I was meant to actually study in Leeds, England, but this whole thing happened where they're like, if you study there, you can't graduate on time. I didn't quite understand it, but essentially they're like, there's an animal science program in Newcastle, and I was like, never heard of it, but go for it. Send me up there. So I got here and like immediately, like I don't know how to describe the feeling, but like I landed and I was like, this is my city. Like I got there, I made so many friends right off the bat that I was kind of like, oh my God, maybe it was just UVM. Like it wasn't me, but like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Cause like even in Manlius, I grew up there, but like, I wasn't kind of like, eh, it's my home, but only because I was born there. But like, I got to Newcastle and I was like, I am coming back. Like you cannot stop me kind of thing. Like I cool. knew second I was there so love it that's awesome yeah and you made a bunch of friends this says you you got a boyfriend there very quickly I did at the time I was dating someone very briefly and then I had to go home because I was only there for two and a half months so like we dated in person for like maybe a month I think yeah. And then yeah I had to get home and it was that whole like we'll do long distance it'll be great and then he was like I've cheated on you with three women <laughs> I was like I think it took like a month <laughs> before he did that. I was oh like, my god! Yeah, okay. It's like yeah, that ended. Wow, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, this is awful. Honestly, it's kind of hilarious. It was hilarious to me. I'm sorry that happened, Julia. That's awful. That's so <laughs> it's fine. Um, I feel so bad. This story doesn't include Please a don't. lot of looks with Ben. I feel like it's like, oh my god. I've been dating my current boyfriend for a year and a half. And oh yes. In love. Oh yes. Happy ending. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> I can give you that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so rude of me to say that your story doesn't. That's so awful. My mom used to tell me. She still tells me. She used to joke that I was cursed and that. <laughs> she literally told me as a teenager that I turned men gay because oh in god. school. Jason Belanger had a crush on me. Elementary school, Alex Hartwell had a crush on me. And then they dated in high school. And then like summer camp, anytime I had a crush, as we grew up, like they would be gay. And I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, my mom would just be like, don't get a crush on Julia because you'll turn gay. And I'm like, thanks mom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was a running joke on first. Oh my God, that's so funny. Well, I'm glad that you're with your current boyfriend. That's so great. <laughs> happy for you um cool so great so when you got to uvm you uh didn't you thought you were gonna make a bunch of friends you didn't um that sucks i'm so sorry about that you you noticed immediately that you wouldn't become a vet um then uh you you got tested for adhd and a doctor told you that you had the lowest self-esteem of anybody that he's ever met <laughs> that's crazy Hell yeah. um, then you had your like, look at me moment when you started dyeing your hair. I love that. That's amazing. You finally <laughs> kind of found yourself. You moved. You, you did some study abroad programs in England mm -hmm. after doing some animal work. Um, you figured out that that's what you want to do. Awesome. Very cool. Here we go. Part five. The very end. England. Finally. Where you belong. 
Got the boy, got the house, got the rats, got COVID-19. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Um, cool. So you were accepted at Newcastle University to get your master's degree in animal behavior. That's awesome. Now, is that the city that you originally studied abroad in? Yes. Yes. Cool. Same university, same city. Very good. Um, you uprooted your American life and you moved to England to a brand new city with no friends, family, or help. What was that like? That was a struggle at first. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was just kind of, I was very excited to do it though. Like, it was very strange. And my family even commented on it because, as I said, I'm a very anxious person. But the idea of getting lost or like a brand new city does not bother me in the slightest. Like, I remember once I was in New York City with Emmy Shaven and we got on the subway and I was like, uh, I don't know if this goes the right way. And she immediately was like, we're lost. What do we do? What do we do? And I was like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll get off at the next stop. Like, it doesn't matter. So I don't know. Like, I was just very comfortable in the new city, even though like brand new culture, brand new country, continent. I was just like, eh, we'll see what happens kind of thing. That's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And you had your new hair dye and you were like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the oh my world. God, I came to England with, what? I think it was, it was bright pink. Cool. Like I had hot pink hair. I bet it's super easy to make friends with bright hot pink hair. Like everybody's like, hey, what's her deal? She's probably nuts. I want to talk to her. That sounds I have good. a friend in, uh, she moved back to Ireland, but she told me the first time she saw me, I had hot pink hair and I was wearing a leather jacket. And Hell she was yeah. like, I need to go talk to that person. Hell yeah. That's dope. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. So yeah, hell yeah. Julia, this story is picking up. We're fucking killing it now. You're slaying it. I love this. All right, you're in England. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, thriving for every loving, um, absolutely thriving and loving every minute, making a great group of friends early and just feeling comfortable in the city, something that you've never felt in any location before. That's super cool. Did have a little culture shock, but in a really good way. What does that mean? That was just kind of like, it's, it's weird because England obviously... A majority they still speak English just have an accent so you almost think you're like oh I'm still in America but like you are not and you only notice it in like little ways at first like I think the hardest culture shock honestly was the drinking like people told me like oh England drinks it's a stereotype blah 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 blah, blah. no like these people when like a 16 year old can drink you under the table like they have like I experienced something called freshers week which is freshers it, it is it is a week full of just straight drinking and all the universities have pubs. Like you can drink on campus kind of thing. So I remember when I got there, I drank for 14 days in a row. Like, like, and I mean like clubbing every night kind of thing. And I was just like, because when I was an exchange student, I actually lived with 18 year olds and I was 21 at the time. And I was just like, I'm too old for this. And they just like, it could be a Tuesday. And they're like, oh, tipsy Tuesday, club night. And I'm like, I have an 8 a.m. class. And they're like, so do I. And they would all just do it. <laughs> so yeah, they're just like, and sometimes they rock up to class still drunk. And they're just like, I'm here, aren't I? And I'm like, what the hell? But yeah, it was just this like drinking mentality. I was like, I can't do this. I can't keep up. Like, oh my God. That's amazing. 14 days of just like every night. That's amazing. That's impressive. <laughs> I couldn't do that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, sometimes I look back at what I did in college. It's like, oh my God, like, what was that? What was, that was, yeah. That's so cool though. Um, okay, cool. First year was, uh, first flat. First year flat was a melting pot. One English girl, two German people, one Dutch man, one Greek man. You all got along from being, um, 
you all got along pretty well for being six strangers thrown together in a tiny flat, except the Dutch guy hated us because he was 35. We're living with a bunch of 22 year olds. Sorry, yeah. Romeco. <laughs> I'm sorry, Re- Remco. Remco, yeah, Remco. Cool. What is that like when you're living with six other people in a thing? I'm sorry, five other people. How many? Six strangers. Six total. Gotcha. Five others, yeah. So essentially it was like, you all got these identical bedrooms. The other thing I loved about England University is you don't have roommates. You have flatmates. You don't have to share your bedroom, like, back home. Cool. Yeah, it would literally be like a bed, a desk, and that was it kind of thing. And then you have the living room area. But yeah, it was just like, honestly, I loved it because I was able to meet all these people that I never would have met. Like, I, the amount of countries that I've now, or like, people that I've met from different countries now, like, I never would have met in Manliest New York kind of thing. And the fact that I lived with these people and got to, like, really experience what was going on, like, especially the uh, guy from Greece, he had all these, like, traditions and customs. And he had, like, a name day that was similar to a birthday, but, like, different. I don't know. So, like, and he would cook his food for us. The German, uh, it was a boy and a girl, they would cook their food for us. We had Thanksgiving. Like, we just kind of would bring in all of our traditions and share them all. And honestly, it was great. Like That's awesome. Them. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh man, Julia, this story is heartwarming. Like, you know, going from like, you know, a rocky start where you felt like an outcast to like, oh my God, finally going abroad. And then like, feeling, <laughs> I love this. This is amazing. Okay. Um, cool. You traveled to Amsterdam, France, and Germany for the first time um, because flights are so cheap within the EU. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You can just kind of pretty much, I think it costs 20 quid to get from England to like, uh, Ireland, you can just bounce around. <laughs> um, very cool. Okay, great. So, so, um, I'm sorry, we are going very, very late, but I want to, can we, okay, so, so tell me about your boyfriend and then tell me about this story about how you were supposed to come to the U S but then it didn't happen because of COVID and it's a nightmare, um, or not, or, or just about that situation. And then yeah. I, mean, I have some follow-up questions for you. Okay. So essentially met my boyfriend on Bumble. <laughs> There's yes. no really meet cute story. It just, yeah, swiped on him. Our first date was a bar crawl. <laughs> cool. um, wasn't meant to be. We just went to a bar, but then we would kind of get bored and move on kind of thing. But yeah, I think it was, I don't want to be one of those cliches, but like I met him and I was like, we're clicking really well. And then it was kind of like, I, don't, I was definitely like, I'm his first like real girlfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. So I had to do all the like, uh, Stepstones, but like, uh, I guess I was the first one that was like, Am I your girlfriend? I was the first one who was like, I love you, kind of things. So I all these things the milestones, yeah, 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 milestones. I kept doing them all, but honestly, like, not only like, Wait, that's I, badass. Do you hear friend. yourself right now? Do you hear yourself at the beginning of the story? You, you almost died from kissing a man, and now <laughs> you have to lead the charge. That's amazing. oh, I didn't even think of that. I so much that. personal growth happening. And you got this streak going on. It's that streak. I'm telling you, that's where it's coming from. <laughs> and now he actually, like, he lives a five-minute walk down the road, so I can literally just, like, oh, that's visit so cool. him. Well, that really, during quarantine, though, I wasn't allowed to see him for three months, and that was wow. horrible because he literally lived down the road, and I was like, wow. right there. But, yeah, so it's been a year and a half. It's going really well. <laughs> that's so cool. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> Really weird time. You were meant to be deported on March 31st, 2020. Um, if you couldn't get a job uh, and because of COVID, you couldn't. 
Um, you were sobbing and picking up your stuff when your visa was extended to May 31st due to COVID. Um, same sobbing happened again last week of May. Visa got ended, extended again through the July 31st, and now we are here, same boat, tons of emotions. Tell me about that briefly. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was like, <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I'm sorry. Just no, don't apologize. Like I was like, I'm being deported, all these things, and then literally the like two days, I think, before I was meant to leave, they're like, we've extended the visas. And I was like, fucking hell. So it was just like, I would literally be packing and sobbing. And then all of a sudden I had all this relief. And they're like, you're good until May 31st. And then they didn't extend it again until like five days before the end of oh May. My God. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pack. And then they're like, just kidding, it's extended. And so I'm doing the same thing right now where it's like, they might send me home, but also they might not. They might extend it again. So it's just like this weird like fluctuation of emotions where it's like, I'm kind of in this mind place where I'm like, if I have to go home, I understand. I'll find my way back here, even if I have to like kick Boris Johnson in the teeth. Like I'm getting my ass back here. But like, how is Boris Johnson as a president or you know as a leader? Is is that is it worse than Trump, or would you say it's on par? <laughs> I'd say I'd say Trump is worse, but Boris Johnson's just a buffoon, and he's a, like he's he's Trump, but like I don't I can't explain it. Like he's like, there's a photo of him, like, getting stuck on a zip line, and he literally looks like a five-year-old in, like, an old man's body. I've seen like, that. Yeah, it's really funny. this country? I'm just, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what? He's just like, why are you in charge? Who did this? <laughs> how, um. He's pretty equal to Trump. How, when, when is your, when is your visa good until? July 31st, so I got oh two weeks. God. I am so sorry. I hope that you, I, Jesus, I'm, Julia, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring you to a bad spot. I just, uh, I know when you were saying that the story was going up, I was like, oh shit, don't read the last. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get to the end. No, I mean, I think think it's thrown off everybody. You know, everybody's life trajectory has been totally just hands on the wheel, just like react. And um, so you're not alone. um, Although I think a lot of people feel for you. Julia, what do you think? looking back through your life experiences and reflecting on the things that we've talked about so far, what do you think are your greatest strengths as a person? And then what do you think are your greatest weaknesses? And we're going to do strengths first. Shit. Oh my God. (laughs) Strengths. I think I am incredibly resilient. Like I think I've gone through a lot of stuff in life that obviously we didn't even touch on because like we need a full day for therapy for that one. But like, I think just the fact that I can pick up and move to a new country and just be like, yeah, this is cool kind of thing. Like I can bounce around and be happy and content. Like I've made it through a lot of shit and I've come out unscathed kind of thing. So proud of myself for being able to do that. Um, Weakness wise, it's definitely going to be my anxiety because boy, do I have it. And I have like, it's like a health anxiety, which is terrible because I will be sitting here and all of a sudden I'll be like, my left arm hurts. I'm having a heart attack. And it's like any normal person would just be like, oh, my arm's sore because I threw a ball wrong. And I'd just be like, let me spiral and tell myself all the different diseases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's jokes where they're like, you Google and Google tells you that you have cancer. Like, that's just my brain. <laughs> <laughs> what MD is my frontal cortex. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. But honestly, like, I wouldn't be who I was without my little insane moments so like yeah no i mean hey it's a part of you and that's that's awesome i you know i think i think it's really cool that these you know 
traits are together because I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they would be right. Like resilience yeah. and anxiety, I feel like are like two opposing factors that like create in you, which is awesome. <laughs> um, if you, if you had to, uh, thinking back throughout like the through line of your life, if you had to, um, provide a piece of advice to someone, to another person, to a young person, um, that you think you have learned throughout your life, um, or something that you wish someone had told you, what would that piece of advice be? I think I would probably say that now is your time to learn and make mistakes. Like, don't be so hard on yourself kind of thing. I know as teenagers, we all thought like every relationship, if it went wrong or something, the world was ending. And it's like, you got to remember, you are 16. This is your time to literally experience these things. And yeah, it's going to hurt sometimes, but like, you're going to grow. And honestly, it's kind of the best time. The only thing you have to do is really go to school and experience life. So live it, fail it, do whatever you can, but just experience it. Awesome. Julia, thank you so much for talking to me. This was awesome. And um, yeah, you said that you have a podcast with Emmy. Um, I want you to, okay. I'm going to plug it. Yeah. Give us a pitch and plug your show. So essentially, my best friend that I mentioned, Emmy Shaven and I, during quarantine, we were kind of like, I'm bored, and I've always loved listening to like podcasts with ghost stories and stuff, but they're always so scary, which makes sense because they're ghost stories, but like, I'm a coward, what can I say? So essentially, what we do is, Emmy talks about cryptids, and I talk about ghost stories, but it's a completely like conversational comedy Cryptids? Cryptids. So it's like... Bigfoot, Mothman, like those kind of gotcha things, like supernatural urban legends. Things. Yeah, yeah, those gotcha. kind of things. And so we kind of just talk about them, but then we also talk shit about them in the nicest way possible. <laughs> Our podcast is called The Ghouls Room, like G H O U L S. Love it. Anywhere you can find podcasts. The Ghouls Room. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna listen to it. I'll review you. Here we go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, it's literally like we go and research stories and then we just kind of talk about it and react to each other. And I'm getting a new mic tomorrow and I'm actually very nerdly excited. About Isn't that it. so exciting? Getting new equipment so is my favorite thing. I'm so excited because I recently, because why? I was going to say just like our first few recordings honestly haven't been the best quality. Yeah. But uh, so I'm so excited to get this mic. Oh, it's so fun. It's the new equipment is one of them. Once you fully utilized and outgrown the equipment that you're currently using, because some people buy new equipment and they're like, oh, I'm going to grow into it. And it's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just never going to use it. Right. But it's, yeah. once you've used your th- equipment and you know you can't push it any farther and you go buy that extra equipment, oh, it's the best feeling. It's so the best. <laughs> Everybody, go listen to the Ghoul's Room. Um, <laughs> And I will go check it out. Guys, I also wanted to make you aware of a campaign that Julia actually participated in um, that I have going on. It's called Pay Five Forward. Um, I recently redesigned. I've been pretty quiet about it in the in recent times, um, but that's because I've been redesigning the website. I've been, um, I don't know, giving it a facelift, and, and I'm actually creating an ambassador program for it. So that's what I'm currently got going on um, where – uh, basically the concept is I give anyone $5 as a starter donation to make a donation to a charity of their choice. Um, I ask them to add to the money if they can, if you can't, that's totally okay. Um, but if you can't add to it, add to the money and then take a screen cap and send me the story of what you did. 
Um, so far, I've given away about $1,000, and that has uh, gotten into about $5,000 into donations, which has been really, really awesome. It's been a really rewarding experience. What I've started to do now is give away lump sums of money and basically give $50 to um, like closer friends of mine and say, hey, you're now an ambassador of this program, and they give it away in $5 increments. Um, and so the site for that is being redesigned right now, but if you go to payfiveforward.com, um, you can go ahead and apply there. I would love to give you $5 for you to donate. Um, and the ambassador program, if you're curious about that, there should be buttons on that site soon. It's, it's been a couple, it's been busy. I've been busy, so it's not done yet. But um, it's going up, and yeah, I'm sorry to totally take over with the plugs at the end, Julia. But anyway, Julia, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, doing this and, and opening up. And I don't know, you've, I, I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy. And uh, I, I love your story. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's yeah, a, honestly, this was a ton of fun. Like I was happy to do it. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks so much. I'm going to go ahead and say, stop recording guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye.